What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you live on this beautiful Sunday night to bring you your weekly fantasy basketball content. Noah, what's cooking, baby? What's up, Colin? Feeling good? Happy uh, Thanksgiving? I hope it was a good time with your fam. Yes, yes, uh, and Thanksgiving to your family as well. I hope there were many thanks and many givings in in your family uh, th- this holiday season. Where where do you rank Thanksgiving, Colin, in terms of your favorite holidays? <sighs> That's a good question. You know, no, it's it's slowly rising up the ranks, honestly, and you oh. know, hopefully, you know, my. Uh, my my pops has kind of taken over some of the cooking in, in recent Thanksgivings, and he's quite the chef. And so as the food has progressively <laughs> gotten better, I've noticed that Thanksgiving has progressively gotten better. So, so yeah. So it's it's you know because people always talk when I was little like oh the food on Thanksgiving, and you know like I liked grandma's cooking enough, but like I you know it's sweet potatoes. For like a, a ten-year-old, that's not that. That's not cool, you know. <laughs> but now, you know, like it, it's just better. It's better. Oh my! So. I hope Grandma Griffin isn't listening right now. Yeah, sh- I don't know if she knows <laughs> that there's a podcast app on her phone. I'll be honest with you. I'd be shocked. <laughs> I would actually be. Shocked. Wait a minute! Your grandma's not Bench Chatter's number one listener. What the fuck? Uh, you know what? It, the data does not imply that she is. Um, <laughs> 80-year-old women are not our target demographic, Noah, believe it or not. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'll, I'll have a conversation with her. What about you? Uh, oh, to answer your actual question, uh, probably like third. Christmas goaded, and then, I don't know. Like Christmas Mar- is, I'm a 4th of July guy. I really Ooh, like you the know, 4th I'd, of I'd July. I'd go 4th of July second. That's always a banger. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a Christmas guy too, followed by Fourth of July. I'm not not a great Thanksgiving guy. You know, I love the, I like the, like, uh, I like the thought of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not to get too political, con, but I don't love the, you know, the actual concept of how Thanksgiving started. You know. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. That's that's not a great look. <laughs> I like the yeah, sentiment I think turkey's kind of mid. I think turkey's mi- a turkey's, very mid meat. See, I'm a like, ham guy. Like, no, okay, no. Ham's, oh, ham's like bottom tier. If, no. If we're, no, if we're, no, ham is absolutely bottom tier. <sighs> I'm okay with turkey being mid. Turkey's probably mid. Turkey's but, mid. But, but, but I got like the, uh, the drumstick for this Thanksgiving. Ooh, so okay. like that was okay. not mid. Like that was, yes. that was top yes. tier. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> yeah. No, ham's. Hem's bottom tire. Hem's All right. Tire. What's your favorite side, Colin? Uh, mashed potatoes. Easy money. Got to go mashed potatoes. Easy, easy. That's, yeah. That's why. That's why we're. That's why we're a team, Colin. You know, I mean, the chemistry is unmatched. Like you, you, like how can you go wrong with mashed potatoes? Like you, frankly, have to be a pretty big moron, like my brother, not to like mashed potatoes. You uh, you a big mac and cheese guy, Colin? I I love mac and cheese. You got to do it right though. You got to do it right. The creamier, the better. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. The creamier the better. Creamier the <laughs> That's my life motto. <laughs> you said it, not me, all right? All right? All right. <laughs> how, hey. how do, you, do you like stuffing, Con? Stuffing's okay. So I, you know, I, I, I'm here and there. You know, I, I had it. I messed with the good stuffing. I had it. You know, it's... Eh. 
it, stuffing's mid. Stuffing's mid. It's especially oh. I have it once a year. You know, I, I don't have stuffing. You know, if I had mm-hmm. to have it more than once a year, probably not mid. I'd probably go lower. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, all right. All right. So that was that was talking basketball. Now, uh, <laughs> no, wait, that wasn't talking basketball. Let's now talk let's get into basketball. Thanksgiving. All right. All right. Thanksgiving, Noah. It's um, it, it's really a it's a football it's a football holiday. It's not really a basketball holiday, but it it was still a pretty good week for the league, all things considered. Um, mm-hmm. You know, no, I, I think we're starting to get to the point where the the standings start to make a bit more sense with what we maybe thought. The Bucks are mm-hmm. now the fourth seed. They're not out of the playoff picture. The Bulls and the Wizards have fallen off a little bit. Um, Cavs aren't in the playoff picture anymore. Things generally seem to be where I, I think that they'll be at the end of the season, you know, with, with a couple changes. But, you know, I know, I know this isn't the uh, the Wednesday episode, but, no, just your biggest surprise of the NBA season so far off the top of your head, Where'd you, where would you go with it? Hmm. Wow. Um, Team-wise, biggest surprise, Colin. Um, you know, I think I'm between either... The Warriors, which sounds funny, Con, but I, 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 no one expected the Warriors no. to be this good. No, no one expected this. Steph Curry's playing like NBA, and in the East, Con, it's got to be the Wizards. The Wizards. Yeah, I, I, I really had no expectations for this Wizards team, Con, and they're going to prove to be a playoff team in the East, at least compete for it. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, you know, this Warriors team. I mean, eighteen and two. That's just a ridiculous. That's like an all-time start. We get game of the year on Tuesday, Colin. Warriors versus Suns. Suns are in the 17-game win streak in the Golden State. Whew. Yeah, I mean, truly, like, the Suns are the team that is getting the least amount of high. They, they've started to get it in, like, the last couple days. But they're a game mm-hmm. behind the Warriors. They've lost three games. The Warriors have mm-hmm. lost two. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to be a fun one to tune in, too. I am stoked about that. And what gets me about the Warriors, too, is they're – their point differential right now is 13 and a half. Oh my like, God. That, that's godly. That is God tier. I, I don't know where <laughs> that would rank. Like if like the season ended today all time, but I'd be shocked if it wasn't top five, top 10. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, that's insane. That's insane. And they just assigned Colin, both James Wiseman and Clay Thompson today to the Santa yes. Cruz Warriors. Yes. I, you know, the first, uh, super G league team. I mean, like they're they're treading they're treading through the hardest part of their season right now, Kong. You would imagine yeah. towards Christmas time this gets easier for the Warriors. You'd think. I don't know how it could get much easier than eighteen and two, though. I mean, <laughs> I, I have to imagine that there's a roadblock in there somewhere. But who knows? Maybe this is just the best team of all time because it's just Steph Curry, no KD, no Clay. But he has Andrew Wiggins. And maybe that was the key all along, was Andrew Wiggins. I was having this discussion at Thanksgiving, Colin. And Were you really? Uh, with one of my cousins. And I was telling him that, you know, my cousin doesn't really watch the league on a daily basis, Colin. And he was like, man, I can't believe the Warriors are doing so well. Wiggins is like 
one of the most overrated guys in the league. I can't believe they're playing so well with him on the team. And I was like, well, it's actually quite the contrary now. I think, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'll go as far to say, Colin, that Wiggins is underrated. But I think he's moved from being one of the more overrated players to just maybe being rated now. I like when guys are rated. I, I think it's nice. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be to productively be averaging 19.5 a game, mm-hmm. that kind of makes you rated, especially if your team has 18 wins. Like, you know, like fantasy-wise, he's been such a solid pick this year, which I didn't expect in the slightest. And who knows? Maybe maybe that'll change. Maybe as Clay returns and Wiseman returns, his scoring goes down. But I don't see it. I, I don't see it being terribly drastic. Alrighty, Noah. Let us get into this schedule analysis that we've carved out for our listeners. I'll note real quickly that, you know, we run through the schedule a little bit faster than we used to, but everybody's used to it now. This week, I'm only going to list the teams that are playing either four games or two games, because everybody else, 20 of the teams, they're playing three games. You're getting what you're getting out of them. So let's highlight the best teams we have this week. They're playing four games. You want to you wanna waiver these guys? You want to roster them? Uh-huh. That's what's up. You've got the Cavs, the Mavs. The Rockets, the Clippers, the Heat, the Pelicans, the Blazers, and the Wizards. That's eight teams mm-hmm. right there, and I'm looking at some teams, Noah, that have some very solid waiver pickups on them. So that's mm-hmm. meaty. We like that. Flip side, we've got teams with two games. We've got the Pistons, the Lakers. I don't envision that there's a ton of people really riding the, the Pistons uh, <laughs> to death. But, you know, if you're a Lakers guy, if you've got AD... Ross, you know, somebody, maybe Mello. Maybe Mello is really just winning you some fantasy games. I'd be shocked if that was the case, but maybe he is. You're going to want to be more active on the waivers. Now, mm-hmm. Noah, talk to us about number of teams playing each day. It's pretty – this could be the most even schedule I've ever seen day to day. Yeah, I just want to make a quick note on the Utah Jazz. I play three games this week, but – the Jazz, after this week, Colin, go on a run of having four games for the next three weeks. Wow. So, mental note that 12 games from the Jazz coming in the next three weeks after this week. Okay, that's um, actually huge. <clears throat> yeah, this is a, um, a lower-volume game day week, Colin. You know, there's no games that have double-digit uh, number of games in any of the days this week. On Monday, we have 18 teams playing. On Tuesday, we have 10. On Wednesday, we have 18. On Thursday, we have 10. On Friday, we have 18. On Saturday, we have 14. And on Sunday, we have 8. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, you're going to have full to relatively full lineups. So we're looking at Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday as the streaming days, Colin. Um, just to note the important back-to-backs this week. Portland is the only team that has a Monday-Tuesday back-to-back, on. Sacramento okay. is the only team that has a Tuesday-Wednesday back-to-back. Milwaukee and OKC are looking as the only two teams with a Wednesday-Thursday back-to-back. The only team that has a Thursday-Friday back-to-back is Phoenix. So really note those first four days, Con Only five teams are playing back-to-backs until Friday. Uh, wow. So look at those teams, stream them. 
On Friday, Saturday, we got the Nets, Boston, Dallas, Golden State, the Clippers, and Miami. On Saturday, Sunday, no back-to-backs. On Sunday, Monday, we're looking at Atlanta, Charlotte, Cleveland, and Washington. Um, so, yeah, like I said, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, the low-volume game days. Five games, five games, four games. And the teams who play on these low-volume game days, Colin, we got the Raptors, who play all three games on the low-volume game days. They play Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Uh, from the Raptors, you know, you could be looking at guys like Ken Birch, Chris Boucher, Precious Ochua, Malachi Flynn. Uh, I actually went and watched the Pacers play the Raptors last Friday, Con, and the Raptors have this guy, Con, named Delano Banton. They drafted him out of Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just a he's just another one of those guys, Con, that, that it seems like the Raptors are trying to hoard. He's like six eight, but he's got that seven foot wingspan, Con, and it's like at a certain point in the future. The Raptors are about to roll out Fred Van Vliet and then four guys who are all like six eight with seven foot wingspans. <laughs> Let's go. I uh, I follow a guy on Instagram. He's called Trippy Dub Studio. Shout out to him. He's one of the funniest accounts you can follow. He just posts like meme sports news headlines. And his favorite player right now is Delano Benton. He's he's been he's been talking <laughs> like him up that. for weeks now. Oh, he's it's. <laughs> He's uh, he came out of the scene with the tweet when he tweeted out uh, during it was like two off seasons ago. It was like report out of Philadelphia. Doc Rivers has been setting Ben Simmons up with ugly women so that he can practice hitting threes. <laughs> and I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, this guy's clever. And so he puts out bangers. He puts out bangers. <laughs> Give him a follow and shout out Delano Banton. <laughs> Uh, we're looking at the Blazers, Colin, who have four games on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Uh, you could be looking at, you know, Cody Zeller, Larry Nance Jr., Anthony Simons, Nazir Little. Uh, the Grizzlies, Colin, they play three games on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, I, I have a whole spiel on the Grizzlies, Colin, because they're mm-hmm. clearly one of the more important fantasy teams now yeah. after the news of the John Moran injury, so we'll get into them right after this mm-hmm. uh the knicks con they play three games on tuesday thursday saturday you could be looking at emmanuel quickly who's on fire right now con he's been the best point guard on that knicks roster the last two weeks um derrick rose taj gibson alec burks nerlens noel obi toppin uh the suns they play three games on tuesday thursday friday you're looking at jay crowder cam johnson mccall bridges javel mcgee landry shamit cameron johnson uh cameron Payne. sorry and yeah. the Pistons play two games on Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, you're looking at scraps here. Con, you're looking at Killian Hayes, Corey Joseph, yeah. Josh Jackson. It's not, yeah, the Pistons it's almost are not even sexy. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really almost not. I don't know. So, yeah. Raptors, Blazers, Grizzlies, Knicks, Suns, and Pistons are the teams that you guys are going to want to be looking at this week. Yeah. Very good Wide point. Why candidacy pool this week, Con? Spoken like a, a true podcast professional. So, Noah, um, this news about John Morant. Uh, mm-hmm. As a guy who both drafted John Morant and picked him as my Dark Horse MVP candidate, um, it's not great. So the most no. recent news we have about his injury, uh, head coach Taylor Jenkins said Morant, knee would return this season but has no timetable 
Um, mm-hmm. And this the spin zone kind of is. And Woj tweeted about this at length that he actually sprained his ankle last year, and I guess the medical team, unlike in a uh, the way that Ben Roethlisberger or Russell what West no Russell Wilson would return from an injury and just be medical marvels. That that was supposed to be funny. No, I kind of I kind of butchered the the pronunciation of that one. I'm mad at myself. I'm looking at all my notes. I've got everything spinning. You know, I can't be funny Sheesh. when I have all these notes. I just got to be more off the cuff. <laughs> yeah. But John Morant truly came back quicker and rehabbed quicker than doctors and team medical professionals expected last year because I guess he really took it upon himself to be in the gym every day, be exercising, actually rehabbing to an insane level. So – there's belief that he can return sooner than this injury would usually elicit, which is why there's no timetable right now. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think that under normal circumstances, this is anywhere in the neighborhood of four to six months. I, I My guess is that they're hoping it's like a three-month thing for him, like a 12-week injury. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, if I if I had to guess, Colin, I'd say he's probably missing anywhere from one to three months. One being on the very good end, like, you know, John Moran is just a freak. And three being on, you know, probably the more realistic end, two months, three months. Um, and I think they'll be careful with him too, Colin, if, you know, two, three weeks down the line we're looking here and the Grizzlies are, you know, a below 500 team without John Moran, you know, there might not be that pressure to rush him back, Colin. Um yeah, but this leaves the Grizzlies in a very peculiar place fantasy-wise, Con. Um, yeah. The five guys I noted this week, um, this doesn't mean that these are the only five guys on that the Grizzlies have value, but I think these are probably the five guys that are the most holdable slash mm-hmm. obtainable. Um, we're looking at Dylan Brooks, Con, and I kind of group Dylan Brooks, DeAnthony Melton, and Desmond Bain probably as the three best targets to get through this yeah. John Moran injury. Um, and they're all relatively bringing me the same stuff. Um, I think Dylan Brooks is going to take by far the most field goal attempts. Him and Jaron Jackson are going to be 1-2 without John Moran on the floor. Yeah. Um, we know Dylan Brooks is good, Con. He was a top 100 cap player last year. Yes. Um, his field goal percentage is going to be absolutely dog shit now. Yes. He's going to chuck so many shots. It's going to be it terrible, but he's going to put up the points. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to put up the points, Con. And DeAnthony Melton and Desmond Bain are kind of the same. The the uh, Grizzlies actually didn't even start DeAnthony Melton, which I thought they might do tonight, Colin. They still started Tyus Jones. And those guys are good, Colin. They're going to get you. They're probably going to be around 15 to 18-point guys. And they're going to get you, like, four assists, four rebounds, two assists, Colin, from, you know, Bain, Brooks, and Melton all together. So those are the points, guys, that you can be looking at. But I think a guy like Tyus Jones, Colin, who is currently playing 15 minutes. I expect him to be playing almost 50% more minutes now. He's probably going to be anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes per game now. And he is the point guard of this team now, Con. You know, he provides pretty decent low-end, like, double-double potential with points and assists. Um, The steals are nice for a shifty guard like him. But there is a cap to his production at some point, Con. You know, the assists, the points are never really going to be there just because this team has a lot of chuckers on it. And Tyus is Jones, Jones' ball is to get job is to get the ball to, you know, Dylan Brooks or DeAnthony Melton or Desmond Bain. But I like Tyus Jones a lot, Con. I think he's going to rack up the assists. 
um, get you some steals, get you a decent amount of points. And then we have Brandon Clark, um, Colin, who, you know, he's a guy who came out of Gonzaga. I was a pretty big fan of him. And he's had a pretty weird start to the season, Colin. You know, he can't really seem to solidify himself a position, um, like a consistent 20 minutes per game with that Grizzlies team, which I probably think he should be getting. But this guy kind of grew up with Tyus Jones. He has a low-end double-double potential. If he can actually start getting these minutes off the Grizzlies bench, <clears throat> you know, he could mm-hmm. average 10 points, 10 rebounds, 8 points, 10 rebounds. Um, yeah. And, yeah, these Grizzlies, play, these Grizzlies players are going to be available. You know, Steven Adams could be worth a pickup, but he's been playing so bad. As Dude, uh, get I, you I was going to say, the biggest loser in all this might be Steven Adams in that it, the pick and roll is going to be even less valuable now without John Morant. It, it, just, uh, not that he really had a role before, but with all these chuckers, I mean, dude, Steven Adams in his last six games has scored more than three points once when he scored oh six points. God. Yeah, That's disgusting. It's it's terrible. Like, I don't even know how, you, how you're a center in the NBA and you can only score two points. Like that, like how is, how do you not get like at least two offensive putbacks a game, or just like wide open looks? I I don't, I don't know, I don't know, but yeah, back to your your comments about some of these guys. I think my favorite of all of these has to be Desmond Bain. Uh, I think he's the most efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at his stats, I mean, he does the most across the board. Um. And Dylan Brooks, I mean, I, I was looking at, like, his his fantasy. I looked at his category stats first, and I was like, oh, man, like, you know, 20 points the last three games, like, that's pretty nice. And then I looked at his, um, like, actual, like, points league stats, and I was like, these are incredibly low for somebody who's scoring 20 points. <laughs> and it's because he's sucking up, like, 20 shots a game and making eight of them. And it's like, well, okay, I, I get it now. <laughs> I uh, I understand. It makes sense. But, yeah, I think with all of these guys, it, the fantasy monitor is on to see who steps in. Mm-hmm. Because without Ja, this team just becomes an entirely different entity. Because I, I have to assume that the Grizzlies organization understands that Dylan Brooks jacking 25 shots a game probably isn't a winning formula. So do they go away from that? Do they try to get the ball in Desmond Bain's hands? Does Jaron Jackson Jr. now become a 25-point-per-game scorer? I doubt it, but is that the direction they take this team? I don't know. It, you know, we've seen one game now without Ja. Once we see two, three, four, five, I, I think we'll have a better understanding of who on this list is really worthy of rest of season value. And really quickly mm-hmm. before we wrap up on these guys, no, I just want to rattle off what the ESPN rostered percent is. And they're all pretty cordial. I mean, most of these guys, I'm guessing, are, are around in your league. Brooks is 32. Melton's 10.5. Desmond Bain's 29.5. Clark is 31, and then Tyus Jones is 3%. So oh. I, I assume Tyus that... Jones should be a pickup, automatic pickup, Colin. Yeah. Um, you know, like like we know, Colin, it's just too hard to find that guard, those guard stats 
this yeah. late into the season. It's, yeah, especially categories. I mean, categories that you should be all over that. <clears throat> and Tyus Jones is generally a guy who doesn't have a ton of downside. I mean, his his free throw percentage is right there. I mean, over the last two years, he's been like a 90% free throw shooter. Not that he's given you a ton just because he, he doesn't get to the line all that often. But his field goal percentage isn't really hurting you too much from the guard spot. And then assists are king at this point in the season. If you mm-hmm. were struggling for assists and you need assists, Tyus Jones is your character. He's your guy. Yes, sir. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's now project. I think he's going to project to get the most minutes he's ever seen. He's never played more than 23 minutes a game, Noah. So he's never averaged more than five assists. If he's getting 30 minutes a game, I I could see him averaging six, seven assists a game, which is crazy value at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, if you can stomach the the points really not being there, he's also really good with the ball. He does not turn the ball over a lot for a guard, which is, again... That's really good. Very nice. Yeah, per 36 minutes this year, he's averaging one, 1.9 turnovers. That's that's Very nice. that's real good for a guard. You take <laughs> that all day. All right, Noah. Let's move on from the Grizz. Um, but everybody should yeah make that mental note. The Grizzlies are now king in fantasy for this next week. And talk about a guy. Who's a guy, Noah? He he's one of the guys. He is it's, a guy. Uh, it's it's Mr. Malik Beasley. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Who Malik is... Beasley. Yeah, Malik Beasley is currently thirty eight percent rostered on Yahoo Con, thirty five percent rostered ESPN, and this Wolves team was finding some pretty good success. Con, they've been playing well this season, but and that relatively was due to uh, Patrick Beverly inserting, getting inserted into the starting lineup, but he's set to miss about two weeks with an adductor injury. Mm-hmm. And Beasley's looking to step in and hopefully return to his scoring form that he had in the previous two seasons, Colin. In the last two seasons, Colin, this guy is a 20-point-per-game scorer. Yeah. I, he's a guy that I think a lot of people thought was still going to have a role on this team, but between mm-hmm. the three-headed monster of... Ant, D'Lo, and and Cat really hasn't found that mm-hmm. pretty much um, at all. Yeah. Uh, to me, Colin, on our waiver wire, Beasley looks to be one of the best source of points and three-pointers made right now, which is all he's really bringing you. Um, in the T-Wolves' last eight games, Colin Beasley has had a 21.1% usage rate. Um, prior to that, he had a 16% usage rate on the season, so it's been going up. He's been getting mm-hmm. more shots. And he's averaging 14 points, 2.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists, and almost a steal a game. But he's made at least four three-pointers in five of these eight games, Colin. Four three-pointers in five of these eight games, including two games after PBAV got hurt. Um, Bada-bing, bada-boom. You know, that three's made is just probably good enough to have him rostered right now, Colin, if we're being honest. Yeah, and I, I don't know how everybody plays their fantasy leagues. I know, I, th- I think we use the standard scoring where three pointers made gets you an extra three points. So, like, making a single three is worth six points in a points league. And then, obviously, in a categories league, it's, you know, weighted how it should be, just as evenly as everything else. But 
yes. Three-pointers are... I don't know if they're... They're definitely not as rare as assists at this point. Um, but to be able to get that sort of consistent production right now out of this guy for the next <clears throat> at least two weeks, hopefully, is quite solid. Um, mm-hmm. The only issue I have with him is, you know, looking at a game like today, you know, they play double OT with the 76ers, and yeah, yeah, Cat, Cat Ant, and D'Lo are all putting up at least 15 shots. I mean, Cat mm-hmm. has 16, Ant has 21, and D'Lo has 25. That's that's a lot of shots for three guys Jesus. to take. I mean, they're average. They're letting D'Lo shoot that much. Uh, he he posted 35 today. I mean, that this, today might have God been D'Lo's best game of the season, actually, if we're being frank with it. I think, it, yeah, it was his season high. Season high by a little bit, by like five points. And he topped it off with eight assists. Tied, us, tied the season high. Yeah, D'Lo had a nice day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, D'Lo. Okay, D'Lo. I mean, he's okay. got ice in his veins. You know, he was the one that, that showed us that. Um... But my concern is if that's happening, there's there's no real reason to bring Malik in. On the flip side, the counter-argument to my argument is there haven't been a ton of games where all three of those guys are firing off. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. And, and today was, a I think, an important test for the, the Timberwolves, who are now 10-10, by the way. Like, what's not... Let's not write the, this, this Timberwolves team off um, against the 76ers. So I, I don't know if Malik finds a little bit more rhythm, um, you know, tomorrow against the Pacers, if, if they view that differently. Probably. Yeah, probably. Um, but, yeah, that, that's really the, that's my hesitation on Malik is that if the other shot guys that have, uh, you know, pecking order over him are really, really designed to huck it up, that he's just kind of going to get left in the dust. And if he doesn't make some early shots, you know, he could really just ride the bench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Malik Beasley is feaster famine, Colony. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, though. You know, a guy I will shout out that's only 10% rostered also on the Timberwolves, uh, Vanderbilt, had 14 rebounds today. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if, if and that's his fifth fifth game in the last six that he's at least <laughs> had at least 10 boards. Kind of a monster. I mean, someone's going... got to catch all those D-low bricks. Yeah, exactly. But going back to the 18th against the Spurs, he's posted 12 boards, 10 boards, 11 boards, 15 boards, 8 boards, 15 boards. That's that's real solid. That's nice. That's real solid. That. He's 10% rostered on ESPN. Like, if you're just looking for boards, Jared Vanderbilt all the way. You take that. Already know this next guy, you know, you asked me once upon a time if I knew what team he played on, and I was able to tell you. Uh, just because, um, I forget why I knew. Oh, cause I, w- I had looked at the subreddit and somebody was talking about him, but Jeremiah Earl Robbins, Robinson Earl. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm so not good off a of script. I'm much better off the cuff. Jeremiah Robinson Earl of the Oklahoma city thunder. 
he's kind of the other rookie that's uh, not getting as much hype as uh, Mr. Giddy. But he deserves some, according to you. Yeah, I, I yeah, I do think he does uh, does deserve some respect here, Colonies. Currently, twenty eight percent roster on Yahoo, three point one percent roster on ESPN. Con, that's how you know this guy's probably a hitter. He's probably mm-hmm. you know been doing pretty well as of lately. ESPN hasn't got on yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and this was a guy that they took with the in their second round pick con but it was a 32nd pick so this guy basically is a first rounder showing that you know okc did believe in this guy they do like him um he played at villanova played his college days at villanova and this is a guy who's been trending upward for a little bit now con i believe our reddit post two weeks ago one of the first comments was where's jeremiah robinson earl um and on the season con he's averaging 22 minutes per game He's averaging seven points, five and a half rebounds, but in the last seven days, he's averaging 12 points and seven and a half rebounds. He's played at least 22 minutes in nine straight games, Colin. He's had consecutive double-doubles this week, one coming against Atlanta and the other coming against the Jazz. Uh, in those games, Colin, he had 13 points and 10 rebounds with two, plus, two or more threes made in both games. And, you know... Can I say definitively, Colin, that this guy has, you know, more value than a Lou Dort, a Darius Basley, um, a Kendrick Williams, other guys who are playing around that position? I don't know. No, but all of those guys are probably worth streaming and or having on a roster. So I Mm -hmm. believe Jeremiah Jeremiah Robinson Earl also is. And, you know, the Thunder also have these old guys, Colin, and Mike Muscala and Derek Favors, who... You know, they're not in the future plan of the Thunder. And as this season goes on longer, Con, the Thunder are going to prioritize the development of its young players. And I like Jeremiah Robinson Earl's upside if, you know, the Thunder do give him closer to 30 minutes a game. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we've talked about this. The Thunder are at a point in their franchise where they have so much young talent that they're trying to just, like, figure out who deserves to be in the long term plan. So it makes sense for them to just give guys like this minutes to see what they do. And if he continues to impress, there's no reason for the Thunder to play a guy like Derek Favors, who truly is just like, I think them like meeting the salary cap minimum of (laughs) of, uh, the NBA rules. So as long as he continues to produce at an adequate level, I think the Thunder are going to give him some really solid minutes, which is great for fantasy owners. Because as guys mm-hmm. like Lou Dort get into their third and fourth season and maybe they start to max out, maybe the Thunder look to trade or just kind of stop having them in their long-term plans. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, like I guess like that's kind of where this the rest of this conversation goes. Like with the Thunder, like do you see a guy like Lou Dort being in their long term plans? He's on his third season, he's averaging seventeen points. Like that's solid, but uh, I don't know. You, you know, I do think Lou Dort is a piece that any team in the NBA would want, Colin. I think he's that kind of winning player that most teams would want. Well, and that's what I'm talking about, too, is they could ship him off for more assets. Yes. And who knows yeah. where it's, they keep it's him. It's interesting because the Thunder are on a relatively long timeline, Colin. You know, they have these drafts set up. They have these all these picks set up for the next years, but that timeline, Colin, can be massively sped up 
by either the Thunder offloading these picks for the next for the next disgruntled superstar, or the Thunder just hit on a couple of these picks, Con. And if you know if they can accelerate that timeline at all with a guy who's ready to step in and be a top three player on a championship team in SGA Con and yeah. other solid pieces around that, a guy like Lou Dort could be very valuable to the Thunder. But it just depends on, you know, how fast they're approaching this whole rebuild. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So you don't see the Thunder shipping off Dort or Basley, <clears throat> Pokashevsky, who has really kind of had his day in the sun, and maybe it's come and gone, but... Guys like that, you you think that do you do you think that the core ish that we're looking at for at least this season will be the the core ish come April? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this I think this group of players we're seeing Colin is probably locked in for this season and the okay. next. Um, they're only going to trade a guy like Lou Dort or a guy like Darius Basley, Colin, who. I still don't know if we've seen enough out of them uh, mm-hmm. for positive assets. You know, I, I brought up to you con- the concept, Con, you know, of perhaps the Bulls yeah. feeling that this year could be a win-now piece and they trade a hurt P-Will, which is which sounds crazy, Con. It does. I but, thought you, you know, crazy. like, I, I, know you, I know you weren't a biggest fan of it, but, you know, I consulted some of my other Bulls friend, fans yeah. and they were, they were not, you know, completely... Um, you know, out of touch with this trade. And I think I proposed, you know, P-Will for Lou Dort and um, Mike Muscala. Yeah, you know, I didn't. Uh, Mike it's Muscala just, didn't I, do much for The me. Thunder would need a trade like that, Con, where they're getting yeah. a positive asset back because they're not getting picks for these guys. Right. Right. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, at this point, I think they want just some of that younger talent. The only reason I asked that was because I think the Thunder had a a high last year of all franchises did 22 different guys get minutes for them at some point in the season last year. And I don't have it in front of me, but I doubt that any team was, was close to that. That's just a a lot of fellas seeing time, you know? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know what? Actually, maybe that that's not too crazy high, but they, there was a lot of people at different points of the season doing different things in more just for the consistency of getting back to Jeremiah Robinson Earl. We expect to see him in this same capacity throughout the season. And our answer is yes. So I like that. All right. The thunder will appear on this podcast again. I am most sure of it. So, okay. Noah, this this is an all-time moment for us um, for, for a couple different reasons. We're talking about one of my favorite players, and I don't even know how he became one of my favorite players in the NBA, but but somehow he has. I just I, I love this guy. Um, but it's, it's the first player I think I've ever seen where the rostered on ESPN is higher than the rostered on Yahoo. And it's Marvin Bagley, who's 28% roster on Yahoo and 40% roster on ESPN. And you know what? Until I threw out my hypothesis, did you have any reasons as to why you might think this is that ESPN users finally caught up to Yahoo users and were smarter than that? 
you know, I, I really didn't have a reason, Con. I, I was going to chuck it up to, you know, a small dub for ESP and fantasy basketball users. Uh, but then, then you kind of explained out it to me, Con. That it might it made just be a, lot a massive owl. Because <laughs> I, I think, I'm guessing what, what really <laughs> happened here is that all of the people on ESPN that drafted Marvin Bagley at the beginning of the year just never dropped him. Like he's he just stayed on all those rosters, whereas all the Yahoo people are like, "Hey, let's offload this this shit bag because he's not playing." And now that he's playing again, all the Yahoo people are like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah come on back, Marvin." And all the ESPN people are like, hey, "Marvin, you never left. You've been here the whole time. Thanks for finally doing something." Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. But no, I, the reason that people are, are crawling back into this this Marvin Bagley fandom uh, is because Luke Walton is gone, and there is no reason for Luke Walton to be in Sacramento any longer. We talked about that last week, and we're now seeing what we had asked about and questioned now that Luke Walton's gone, will B- Marvin Bagley get minutes? And uh, the, the answer is yes. Marvin Bagley has seen playing time. He's been playing games again. And he, you know, provides some fantasy value. He actually, he played above 30 minutes, Noah, for the first time all year two days ago. So clap it up for Marvin. Let's go, Marvin. Isn't that pretty good? Isn't that pretty good? He did it. He did it. He had 13 points, too. Let's go. Let's go, Marvin. Wow. 13 points, 7 boards, 4 assists. That's not bad. I've seen worse stat lines. So, Noah, why don't, why don't you, you know, break down some some of the other Marvin Bagley, <clears throat> how he fits into the Kings, what you like about him, what you don't. Yeah, uh, I still don't love the uh, thought of Marvin Bagley, you know, as a short-term player, you know, streaming him this week. I think there's a lot better options, Colin. Um, until, you know, just a couple days ago, Colin, he had only played five games on the season for the Kings. He was averaging five points, five rebounds. Um, I need to see the consistency, but this guy, Colin, has actually been quite consistent in his career so far. Mm-hmm. Um, this is his fourth year in the league, and in those previous three years, Colin, he's basically averaged 14 points and seven and a half rebounds in 25 minutes in all three of those seasons. Um yeah. 14, 14 points and 8 rebounds is worth to be rostered, Con. I think if you have a spot on your team and you can be patient with Bagley, I think he's worth a shot. And he has he is kind of a double upside here, Con. You know, he can potentially play himself back into the Kings rotation and just be a part of the Kings, be your low-end double-double guy every night at the end of your bench. Or he can also get traded to a better situation, Con, where, you know, perhaps he has more room to grow, can play closer to 30 minutes a night, bump those 14 and 7 up to 16 and 8, something like that. Um, I think we need a larger sample size, but I think Bagley could prove to be a pretty decent abs- asset to grab right now, Colin. Yeah, I agree. The consistency for me has always been there, and it, it's a little bit sad because I've always been like, it's hey, weird. It's weird. Marvin, maybe... It feels like the consistency is like a – it feels like it's like an effort on a night-to-night basis issue, Colin. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, uh, uh, I think it's no shock to anybody that the Kings franchise isn't exactly the the basketball heavens. It's not anywhere where people go to have terribly successful careers, unless you're Chris Webber. So 
I I'd like to see him in a new situation. I think that's truly the the best case scenario for Marvin Bagley fans and fantasy owners. But the Kings, this is the other thing. At this point in the season, nobody's really out of this playoff hunt in the NBA, especially given the 10 seed, like the play-in tournament. And the Kings right now are two games out. So if they can, there's like five. There's like five teams in the Western Conference calling that are above 500 right now. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? It's because the East is just the East is beast. East is beast. Do you think? All right, not too much of a side tangent. Is the East finally better than the West? Like after their the West's 20 year run. Uh, I still think the West one through five, one through six, when fully healthy is better, Colin, but the East is deeper. The East is like one through 13 deep. The East is one through 13 deeper, and I would also argue that the East one through three matches up better than the West one through three. Well, what's your West one through three? Are you having the Suns and the Jazz in there, like at the current moment, or? Well, I think that even... If the Lakers were fully healthy, I don't think that they would be where the Suns and the Jazz are right now. Well, okay. Oh, I would have Lakers Clippers in a fully healthy top. Okay. Three. Well, the okay, we can't even call the Clippers fully healthy because we don't know what Kawhi is right now. Well, okay. So we're going off right now. Well, and the, well, I would call it the East. I would call it the Nets, Heat, and the Bucks. Okay. I like the Nets, Heat, and the Bucks better than I like. The Warriors, Suns, and Jazz. Well, I like Warriors, Lakers, Clippers more than. Okay, but you can't count the Clippers. We don't even know if Kawhi is going to be here for the playoffs. Okay, I'll take Warriors, Lakers, Suns. Okay, and you like Warriors, Lakers, Suns better? I no. That's uh, the, the Lakers, I I gotta see it. You know, like two years ago when it was AD and LeBron, I was like, all right, like. Give it to me, but with this current setup, I just I can't buy it. I can't buy it. I gotta see it. I gotta see it. Okay, well, we can talk about that on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, Marvin Bagley, the the Kings are are gonna push. They're gonna try to find the winning formula. I have to believe that Marvin Bagley is a part of that. So we'll see. You know. They've uh they've won two or three. They actually they took the Lakers to triple overtime Friday night. That was kind of a banger, and uh, won. So who knows? Maybe maybe Marvin Bagley finds his his way into real minutes and becomes a fantasy dominant player. He had five points in eighteen. Or he doesn't. Tonight. Yeah, or he doesn't. Or he doesn't. <laughs> I kind of hope he does, though. Uh, as a Marvin, it gets tougher and tougher every year to be a Marvin Bagley stand, Noah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You might be the only one I still know. Yeah, I honestly, at this point, it's more out of necessity. Like nobody else is doing it, so like, I'm <laughs> someone's like, got to defend your man. All right, I'm here. Alrighty, no, I don't know. I know we don't have too much time left, but uh, I'm just gonna run through a list of names. These are guys that we think could be solid for a game or two. Um, maybe they they have some long term value, but um, 
we, we don't really see it, or we just didn't have time to talk about it. So, Noah, if there's anything you want to say about any of these guys as I read off their names, buzz me, and I will give you that time to talk about them. Uh, we already mentioned to everybody on the Grizzlies. Just literally anybody on the Grizzlies could be a waiver pickup. Uh, then, following everybody on the Grizzlies, we have Precious, Precious Achua, Chris Boucher, Kim Birch, Larry Nance Jr., Alec Burks, Emmanuel Quickly, Derek Rose, Taj Gibson, Obi Stoppin. Oh, Obi Toppin. Sorry. Ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. That's that's what it says in the notes. That's crazy. Nerlens Noel, McCall Bridges. All right, I'm going to buzz myself on McCall Bridges. McCall Bridges as a points leagues player maybe not terribly attractive but as a cat guy i i feel like you have to roster him he just doesn't do anything poorly you know like he's got a good field goal percentage he puts up enough points he gets boards he gets he had seven steals the other night i mean Mm -hmm. that right there should be a reason to have mccall bridges I don't know. He just doesn't really hurt you anywhere from that small forward position, and the small forward position is just such a tough position to get a really solid value out of anyway. Um, He ranks sixth out of uh, small forwards on ESPN's weighted average categories ranking. So if that means anything, McCall Bridges, categories player, all over it. Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, JaVel McGee, Landry Shamit, Cam Payne, Corey Joseph, Josh Jackson, Hamadou Diallo, Sadiq Bey, Patty Mills, Kevin Herter, Josh Hart, PJ Washington, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley. Oh, we have him we have him on there twice. Alright, get him on out of here. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Kobe White. Oh, I'm going to shout out Kobe White. Kobe White has looked really nice as a bench piece for the Bulls. Um, he's he's the definition of a microwave. He can either be really hot and hit five threes, or he can be really cold and miss ten of them. Who knows? Um, but he's looked really solid coming off the bench. Uh, prime score when uh, DeRozan and Levine are not on the floor. So shout out Kobe White. Serge Ibaka, Chetty Osman, Marcus Morris. <laughs> Buzz. Okay. All right. Uh, I was waiting for This is I very interesting, Colin. <laughs> uh, Marcus Morris, 36% rostered right now, Colin. He plays on the Clippers, if you didn't know. Um, he's back after missing 15 games, and he played 31 minutes as a starter in his return. And the last time Morris averaged 31 minutes in a season, Colin, was 2019-20. And he finished as the 100th and 6th best player in 9-cat that year. Um, you know, he played that many minutes, Colin, because Batum is currently out with COVID-19 protocol, yeah. protocols. So he's more likely to return to his 2020-2021 uh, workload of 26 minutes per game, which translated to him being a top 150-cat 9-cat player, nine player still. So... Uh, Look to stream Marcus Morris, I think. All right, fun. I will. 
Uh, and then I'm going to talk about Alex Caruso real quickly as well. Uh, earlier in the year, people had, <coughs> excuse me, asked us. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm getting over bronchitis, so you know oh. it happens. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, you don't catch it from uh, my mic. Fuck. Yeah, I know. Yeah, hey, be careful. Be careful. Wash your mic. Wash your hands. Um, people ask us like. What do we think of Alex Caruso? And I said, I think he's great cat-wise because it, he gets so many steals. But I said, I, I think the steals is going to be the only thing that I project him to do with consistency and maybe assists. But he's taken that a step further, and he's been hella consistent on boards, too, from the guard spot, averaging about four boards a game. And uh, to me, there's just... There's now too much value in Alex Caruso being able to do everything that there's no reason for him to be a waiver guy, uh, at least in categories, especially given the steals. Like, we knew that. The points are slowly going up. He had his first 20-point per game or 20-point game the other night against the Heat. Um, I'm not going to say he can stroke it from deep because I don't think he takes enough, but... He's he had a forty percent shooting from three percent last year, and this year he's hovering around thirty four percent. But the Bulls are giving him those threes because of the way Levine and DeRozan play and the way they attack the rim. He's gonna get a decent amount of those, and I think as he starts to stroke those a bit more, his three point value is only gonna increase. I think that this guy is is just a, a steal if he's still there for you. Um, you know, he, he gets Absolutely. so much hype that, you know, maybe he's more rostered than I'd expect just because of his name. He's 36% on ESPN. I, I don't have Yahoo in front of me, but at Categories League, there's no reason not to have Alex Caruso on your team. Like, literally none. Points League, it, it's it's like borderline, like, he should probably be on your team. So mm -hmm. that's Alex Caruso. And then we'll finish, finish it off with Devin Vassell and Garrison Matthews. And I think that'll do it, Noah. What a fantastic yes, episode. What a we great episode, Con. We're, we're so good at podcasting. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatting, the Common Man's NBA podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Bench underscore Chatter. Do it. Uh, do it. Follow us. Do they, it. They're not going to do it, dude. They're not going to do us. it. Nobody follows us. It's it's a bummer. All right, we'll, we'll market. <laughs> We're going to market. We're going to do guerrilla marketing. That's our new plan. Guerrilla marketing. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday, hopefully. Yes. Yes. See you guys. Peace. Peace. <laughs>